like football, baby. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome into the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. And joining me once again, it's been a minute, but it's good to have Dallas back on the Smackdown. How's it going, bro? It's going great. Uh, it's good to be talking some non-rookie stuff. I've been uh, screaming at clouds, basically. Old man screaming at clouds for the last like two months by myself. So uh, it's good. It's, it's heating up. We're in the thick of Pro Bowl season right now. So I'm pretty busy with that stuff. Um, not Pro Bowl, sorry. Pro Day. Uh, pro good. Day, pro <laughs> day stuff. Um, thick of free agency. Um, getting ready to basically start talking about free agent fits after free agency. Um, I'm putting it off, unfortunately, because there's like – 10 superstars on offense that still haven't signed for some reason. And I'm just sitting here like, all right, well, it's going to make a difference. Um, but yeah, just drop some IDP content. And now we're here to start, start talking some more free agency. Uh, so it's been good. How about you? Yeah, man, it's, it's been crazy. <laughs> like all I've, I'm always like uh, when free agency starts and it's always like, well, free agency starts this day. And it's the two days before every year, obviously this stuff happens. So like, Last week, it was kind of, you know, there's usually always a day or two, you're like, man, I'm not as productive at work, but, you know, like, whatever. But now it seems like every day there's been just, uh, you know, just been uh, news after news after news. You know, you can't miss it. So it's been uh, super busy, but I've I've enjoyed all of the uh, the shifting around. I've been making some trades in uh, in some leagues, so that's been a lot of fun. Uh, but looking forward to breaking down some player values with you today. Of course, you guys should be subscribed already to the uh, the Warzone Network, and that way you can catch Dallas and the Rookie Rundown. Like he mentioned, uh, he's got the ID, his recent IDP show, which is great. It's super, super hard to find IDP rookie uh, takes. And as uh, someone who's in some deep IDP leagues, I've you know took that right up, man. That's that's what I want to hear about. Uh, that stuff's hard, hard to find. Uh, it's hard to find good IDP content anyway. <laughs> but rookie content yeah. is really, really tough. So I, I was uh, I was glad to see that one pop into the the podcast feed. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Let, without further ado, let's just dive into this thing. So on today's show, we're gonna give you guys five five up, five down, pretty much five guys that we like uh, their fantasy outlook after this uh, free agency period and all these trades and movements over the last couple of weeks, and then five guys that took a hit for fantasy as of right now. Uh, there's a few guys still out there to be signed. So I don't want to get, uh, I, I don't want to jinx anybody. I do have a guy on here that um, I, I have as a, <laughs> I have a winner uh, that uh, they, his team hasn't done anything yet. And so I'm hoping that stays that way. <laughs> so we will see, but uh, Dallas, I'll, I'll kick it off to you first here, man. Uh, who is a player whose fantasy stock has, is on the rise after these last couple of weeks? Yeah, I'll just go in sequential order. I have mine ranked. Um, it's, it was my biggest buy of the offseason. I've been doing this before free agency hit because I knew it was going to be a change. Acquired two shares of this quarterback, and it's Mr. Derek Carr. Um, going into this offseason, Derek Carr had two straight top. What ends up happening? They bring in a quarterback-friendly offense with McDaniel. Uh, realistically the best scheme he's going to be in outside of Gruden. So you could see comparable numbers and you always knew that they were going to bring in a big name wide receiver, whether or not it was in the draft or it was in free agency, you knew they were going to make a move because it wasn't sustainable to have Darren Waller as their wide receiver one Hunter Renfrew as their wide receiver two. What happens? They bring in Devonte Adams um, blockbuster trade connection with Derek Carr, instant rapport with him. You then allow Hunter Renfro to thrive in the slot now with single coverage as opposed to the double coverage. Darren Waller on the outside, single coverage. Darren Waller on the inside, single coverage. Josh Jacobs thriving on dump-offs as well. What does that mean? Derek Carr to the freaking moon for me. Um, it's great news for everyone involved in the offense. I think it's a linear move for Devontae Adams. I think the touchdowns will come down for Adams. But when it comes to Derek Carr, you're probably going to – I. This is probably my hot take, my early hot take. You're looking at a top probably six quarterback season from Derek Carr this year. Wow. I, I definitely agree with you on the, on a bump for Carr. You know, his weapons are solid now, new offensive coach coming in, which is, is usually a plus. Uh, and he's in a division that he's going to be 
chasing points, right? Like their points yeah. will be scored in the AFC yeah. West this year. Um, you know, so I, I like it all the way around, like for Waller too, like, yeah, there's a big dog in town now, but less, less focus on him and what he does down the field. Um, more room underneath for Renfro. Um, on, on the Adams side, like I, I do see it as a bit of a, a down for him, but not, I didn't put him on like my, on my loser list or anything like that, because I still think he's going to be super productive. This team threw the ball quite a bit, even last year, Carr's definitely competent, uh, quarterback. So is he going to see 170 targets? You know, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, you're talking about, was it 15 touchdown difference last year between Carr and Rogers that'll obviously get closer now. Um, but, uh, I think Carr is a huge, huge winner here. And he can definitely be uh, top twelve, but top six is that spicy man. So, so we will see. But uh, I like that one. That's a good way to kick it off. Uh, probably, honestly, the biggest QB winner like this this off this off season so far. I would say, like you know, besides maybe Watson, like actually playing football compared to not playing yeah. football. But <laughs> so I, I dig it. Uh, all right, mine was this was the one. Now running backs this year, we had like two quick signings. You had Connor like admins, like right out of the gate. Like those two apparently were just off, you know, definitely pounding the pound the pavement to get some contracts done. But my biggest winner at the running back position, I'm going to lead off here, uh, is Leonard Fournette. Uh, I love that he went back to Tampa Bay. What we saw last year was crazy. Um, RB6 overall, which and fourth in points per game. The thing I like about Fournette, and I didn't put Connor on my list, so I don't know if you have him on there or we can talk about him, but – thing I like about Fournette compared to Connor even is Fournette only had 10 touchdowns and he got it done with that because the dude was insane in the passing game. 84 targets, uh, 69 receptions, third among running backs. He had just under five receptions per game, uh, which was only behind CMC, uh, which was at 5.2 um, average receptions per game. So to put Fournette back in that offense with Tom Brady, obviously, is huge. And I think Fournette is a top 10 running back in 2022. Um, so if you're a contender in dynasty and need a guy, you can still get him on the cheap because he's quote unquote old. Um, right. But I think he has a very productive season ahead of him and he's going to be a monster in 2022. So, uh, are you with me on Fournette or, uh, not as hot on him? I'm actually not as hot on him. Uh, he just missed being on my fallers list on my side. (laughs) Uh, that exclusively has to do to the fact that no one's talking about the complete decimation of the offensive line in Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. It kind of got brushed underneath the rug with all the news of Tom Brady coming back, but they lost both of their starting guards this year and they already had an issue at right tackle last year. Uh, yes, Tristan Wirfs is coming back in at left tackle, but you have a center, a left tackle and a bunch of journeyman guys that have never been efficient in pretty much any offensive scheme that they've played in filling the roles of both guards right now. Uh, I'm concerned for it, but in the same capacity, the reason he didn't really fall into my fallers is that the receiving production is realistically still going to be there. Um, the, the offense is less talented than it was last year, bringing in Russell Gage versus Antonio Brown. There's an injured Chris Godwin. So realistically in the middle of the field and the dump offs, you're still going to get that with Fournette, which I like. I'm just concerned that the 800 rushing yards he had last year might be about the cap that you're looking at again this year, just based off of offensive efficiency, running the ball with the offense, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it'll be uh that that'll definitely play a part. Uh, I think the receiving game props him up for me. And I think him, I, I couldn't, when I was going through landing spots, I just didn't see a more perfect one than what we had with, uh, you know, then Tampa last year, you know, Brady really utilizing him. They had the mustache Gio Bernard in there and that never really came to fruition as far as his involvement in the passing game. So mm-hmm. Fournette's still lead dog as far as on the ground and, and has that involvement in the passing game, which I would love to see, especially in PPR, hopefully he'll, uh, he'll be able to pull off maybe one last ride. Uh, if you're a <laughs> dynasty player, but I, I'd go out and buy him right now. If you can, if he's on a non-contending team, you could probably get him uh, at a pretty decent price and have somebody to ride all year. So, okay. Uh, second one for you. Who's, uh, who's on the up for you? Uh, yeah. So the second highest riser, I have quite a few, like not right on the nose guys, none of the big names. Cause everyone's going to be talking about those. At 
was last year, ranking-wise, and where he was even at the beginning of this offseason. We thought he was going to be cut. We were hoping he was going to end up on a different team. No, what happened? You lose Baker Mayfield. You bring in a guy who has loved throwing to the tight end, specifically in the red zone his entire career. Deshaun Watson was making guys like uh, Kahir Waring, like if you remember that guy, (laughs) Khalil Waring, uh, Aikens, just relevant. All of these no-name tight ends constantly getting uh, – Darren Fells was an eight-touchdown tight end in Houston with Deshaun Watson. So you're bringing him in there. You cut Hooper, who was the main competition for targets, and you now elevate a guy who they obviously have wanted by franchise tagging him. And Joku steps in with a dearth of targets now <laughs> due to the fact that Landry's gone, that Hooper's gone, and a brand-new shiny quarterback that likes to sling the ball – in the middle of the red zone. And for me and Joku couldn't be any higher than what he is right now. Uh, if you held on or traded for discount shares prior to the off season, you can flip those guys for a pretty penny because we've all seen the athletic upside. We've just been waiting for the quarterback to truly unlock him or the system to actually start funneling him targets without competition. Yeah. I, when they franchise tagged him, I was like, what the hell let this man, let, let him go. Let him be free. Mm-hmm. He just paid Hooper an insane amount of money. Like, you know, I just didn't see them necessarily eating that, but they, they did. And uh, now it went from, I mean, night and day value on uh, Njoku. So I, I love that. Um, I like, you know, Hooper being cut, you know, I, uh, and going to Tennessee, I, I think that's, that's interesting. You know, as far as his mm-hmm. value goes, that should be a bump from what we saw last year too. So good all the way around. Um, I'm going to, I had Njoku on my list, but I have an easy pivot and I'm going to stick with a tight end. Um, for my second guy, uh, I like, and the fingers crossed, that nothing else impacts this man. I know he's going to have a hard time finding the field because he's not necessarily a great blocker, but Irv Smith, uh, I think, is somebody that uh, should see a decent enough target share, 87 targets with 12th amongst tight ends. That's what Conklin had last year. Obviously, less athletic um, version of a tight end. Now, Smith's got to be on the field, you know, uh, to get those looks. So if he's not going to be a run blocker and that's going to impact his playing time, that's going to be an issue. But I think when you look at where he, where he was last year um, to now and them not having brought in anybody else at this point, I think that he can hover around that 90 target range, which at the tight end position is plenty enough uh, to be fancy relevant. You look at Goddard was lower than that uh, last year as an example, he can hover right around that uh, eight to 10 uh, among tight end as targets. And I'm good with Irv Smith mainly too, because of where he's at. I don't think his value as far as to acquire, whether it be redraft on draft day or even <clears throat> dynasty right now, is super, super high. Like you can still get him at a, at a pretty deep discount and he can be borderline top 12 in my opinion. So um, are, are you, uh, are you against me here on this one with Irv Smith? The one, th- yeah, this is a good contrarian episode. <laughs> hey, it's all good. Uh, I like it. <laughs> yeah. We, we have a tendency to do this. Uh, but for me, when it comes to Irv Smith, the issue isn't exactly with the player because I know that he has the talent to, but it's always been the scheme that he's in. And it once again goes to another scheme that doesn't focus on funneling the ball to the tight end at all. You're bringing in Kevin O'Connell, who's in the Sean McVay offense. Jared Goff is the only quarterback in a Sean McVay offense to actually pepper the tight end. And that's due to the fact that the dude doesn't have a very good deep ball. Uh, what you saw with Kevin O'Connell running the offense over the last couple of years in air quotes, because he wasn't calling plays is a predication on the third wide receiver as opposed to the tight end. So I'm more excited for a guy like KJ Osborne this off season and going into next year, or if they, for some reason, decide to draft another wide receiver, even though KJ looked really good last year in the times that he was targeted being productive as opposed to Irv. But if you're looking for that budget bargain bin tight end, Irv Smith isn't expensive. Everyone's concerned about the injury still, and you can get him pretty cheap. Uh, I was luckily lucky enough to flip him preseason last year, straight up in a tight end premium for my boy, Michael Carter for my first share. There you Looking go. That, good now. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. His value where this time last year was crazy, you know, yeah. I don't think he's back there even. So I think like he could get back there. I think if he has a, um, if they continue not to really address that position and um, he gets the opportunity we were hoping for, but you can get him at a discount. So I like that he is uh, – it's looking like he could get a shot. Um, and and I, as much as I pooped on the tight end position like a few weeks back, like with some of these moves, um, it's – I'm going to fall in this freaking trap again. But I think there's <laughs> lots of names here that I – you know, yeah. that I like, you know. So 
uh, I'm not going to have any, any problem kind of just punting it. If I don't get one of those top for me, five guys, um, and then just let it ride and I can pick up Joku or Irv or one of these other guys maybe we talked about today, but, um, yeah, I'm inter- I, I can't wait, man, because the Dallas tight end foresight, you know, on these, on these Thursday shows last year was awesome. So I'm looking yeah. forward to some more. <laughs> Dude, uh, on the whole season, if you listen to the seven episodes I came on, the tight ends I told you to start averaged 19 points a game in standard PPR score. <laughs> Take it go. as you will. <laughs> I like how you had that just right off. Yeah, right I was ready right for it. I knew it was going to come up. I got enough. I got a lot of tight ends on my list. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's kick it to the third one. Who's uh, who's another winner for you? Yeah, uh, it was a good segue. Um, the third winner for me is Michael Carter. They're rolling right. with the same running back core that they did last year. They basically re-signed and retained all the running backs, including Michael Carter, brought back Tevin Coleman, Tyler Johnson still on the field. So you're sitting there and you're like, all right, cool. You didn't do anything. Uh, obviously, this is with an asterisk leading into the draft. I like Robert Sala coming in. I don't see them changing that this year with how productive that Michael Carter was in the passing and in the running game. He averaged just shy of five yards a carry on the year and had quite a few targets to boot. And that was with only seeing about 50% of the snaps over the last half of the season. Um, I'm excited for where he's at. Obviously biased because everyone knows he was my man's last year, but I'm continuing that trend. Uh, If you're looking for just an RB depth piece or you're looking for that I don't know, hero RB as it's being titled now. He's a guy that I want immediately in that fifth to sixth round, realistically in redraft, where you're going to be able to get him as my RB two. I dig it. Carter was on my list too. I'm right there with you. Hope they do not get anybody else. I they're yeah. gonna. I think like they'll draft somebody. But if you're talking uh, fourth round or later, you know, uh, draft capital, then I, I don't think there's much of a concern there. I can't imagine they would go back into the season with the same guys they did last year. I mean, they brought Coleman back, like you mentioned. Yeah. But uh, if, and if they did, well, I get, you know, great. But if they add another body there, I'm not worried. Um, you know, but just, uh, I think luckily survived, like, you know, most of the bigger name running backs are on the market. There's one I'm still waiting to drop, uh, maybe two, but um, I feel good about it right now for Michael Carter. So I dig that. Uh I'll pivot to another player. Uh, I'll, this guy is, I think, a winner just because I think he's getting some competent and improved pieces around him. I mentioned uh, Hooper uh, signing in Tennessee, them acquiring Robert Woods for a bag of Lay's potato chip air. Yeah. Um, Tannehill. I mean, I think he's he's a guy that like got overhyped because he had an uber productive season a couple years ago, came back down to earth, and he'll live in that high-end QB two range. I think I didn't get back there. Um, if you thought he was going to be like the points per game darling, like he was, um, you were wrong, but like, because this is a run first offense, but the corpse of Julio Jones and whatever the hell tight end rotation they had last year, this is a big improvement for that. So I think in, you know, and you know, really as much as I don't want to say it, like, cause I hope they give Derrick Henry 7,000 carries. Like, I wonder if they're like, maybe we shouldn't, run this man into his death in the first you know, <laughs> 12 games of the season. Like, let's save him. But even if they don't, I think Tannehill creeps back into a more reliable QB2 um, with these with these added guys. So I don't think he's near, like, the uh, Derek Carr <laughs> uh, range as, as far as, like, uh, increased value. But I think Tannehill is somebody that's, like, if someone is pissed off because they spent too much to get him or, like, they're disappointed from last year still – you know, I take a shot and see, and if he's my QB two, I'm I'm happy with that. So I'll go with uh, with Tannehill there as a as a little pivot uh, from my list because I like Michael Carter as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, um. Uh. Oh, somebody did a comment in here. Hooper was the highest tight, paid tight end at one point. Yes, mm-hmm. that is for sure. Uh. So. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh. We are through three guys apiece. We got a couple more. Who's another winner for you? Uh, This one might shock people, but number four for me is actually A.J. Dillon with the Packers. Uh, This is due just squarely based off of the moves that they've done thus far. Uh, Yes, they re-signed Rodgers. Yes, he's basically guaranteed to be there for three years. But they paid him so much money that they couldn't keep Devontae. And realistically, if they're looking to move on, i.e. with more rookie wide receivers in cheap contracts and skill position players going into next offseason, a guy like A.J. Dillon, who was flourishing with running back targets last year, 
is realistically looking at a higher upside when it comes to just rushing totals, unless they decide to just run the crap out of Aaron Jones and then cut him after the this year, basically. Um, he did restructure, but they're still an out after this year with not a lot of dead cap situation. Uh, but you're looking realistically at a ton of targets for a guy like A.J. Dillon, who really started to thrive in that role. And where you're getting him as an RB3 right now, you're looking probably at RB2 production guaranteed, just based off of the fact that they have guys like Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, and um, why am I blanking on it? It was uh, Amari Rogers, Memphis's guy from last offseason. Uh, <laughs> they're the only three guys that are like basically sitting there in the wide receiver core right now before the draft. So if I'm looking at the team, give me a running back who's really adept at basically just dump offs and a guy that they've really liked to spell late in game specifically to grind them out. Mm-hmm. And you got to love what you saw as far as them working him in last <clears> year. Like that second yeah. half was super promising and, that's why, you know, you know, Aaron Jones' values is taking a hit. I, I think there's room for both. Um, but Dylan's definitely uh, showed last year already he was on the upswing. And like you said, the moves this year so far have been um, positive ones for him, you know. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Um, I'm going to go to with another young guy uh, heading into so- his sophomore year. But as of right now, I like uh, Rondell Moore uh, with A.J. Green not being brought back in. And he, they should <clears throat> Christian Kirk being given an ungodly amount of money by another team. Uh, so rightfully so Arizona passes on re- him returning this year. They're going to add, they have to add to somebody, right? They can't just roll with only nuke and, uh, and Rondell Moore uh, on this squad, but uh, bringing in Zach Ertz as well as a target, you know, that, that should be uh, enough there where they don't feel like, you know, Hey, maybe I don't have to go crazy and bring in a big time playmaker. Oh, that means they have trust in Rondell Moore. Um, you know, uh, and apparently every wide receiver that's ever gotten a handoff is just going to be Debo Samuel now because that's what everyone has to do. So uh, yep. we'll see. But 195 <laughs> targets out the door with A.J. Green and Christian Kirk. Um, we saw Rondell Moore, you know, used in a really weird way last year. He had that one game where he had 11 targets, caught them all for like 49 yeah. yards or something. <laughs> uh, just crazy. So uh, for me, though, with Rondell Moore, it's somebody that's in an offense with a quarterback <laughs> that, um, should be able to produce at a high level as far as that offense goes overall. And if he's the number number two uh, wide receiver there, could still be the third target on the team. Um, but Zach Ertz is not offering you explosion plays. That's, uh, you know, uh, 10 yards and fall over still at, the, at this point mm-hmm. in his career. So I think Rondell Moore, if you're looking for a guy that um, has gone under the radar because nothing with him has changed, uh, the <clears throat> situation around him has. So I like Rondell Moore as a winner right now. Again, not a little bit more under the radar. Um, but uh, I like his situation for 2022 as of right now. So uh, I know Rondell was uh, somebody you were talking about last year. So what's your thoughts on him? You know, he's no longer a rookie. So what's sophomore Rondell more looking like for you? Yeah, no, I'm acquiring Rondell everywhere that I can. It's just based off of the target vacancies. You can't ignore it. It's the only reason why people were hyping up Amon Ross St. Brown prior to the start of the season. And it ended up paying off for you. The exact same situation realistically is what you're going to see when it comes to Rondell Moore. Um, when DeAndre Hopkins was healthy last year, he wasn't the same target sieve that he had been in prior years. The offense kind of changed a little bit and it does want to kind of slow it down with the shorter pace, the shorter out routes, the shorter just dump offs and Rondell Muller screams that hopefully they get a better depth of target with him and they actually potentially use him perfectly in that Christian Kirk role, which is exactly how he was used in college. But you're hoping that Cliff figures it out. I have no faith in cliff to figure it out honestly <laughs> to be i hate that guy as a head coach but um yeah i'm i'm definitely acquiring him he's a lot cheaper than he was last year just based off of the complete you know egg that he laid on your lineups in most bases even when he did get these crazy target totals so yeah i'm totally there for that yeah and yeah it's like in that second <laughs> round draft capital despite it being arizona who we've seen burn second round wide receivers just to the ground before yeah um you know i think you got to buy into that a little bit still that talent i, I think is is there so uh, mm-hmm. If you you can find an order that's down on him, go get him. Uh, late round redraft guys right now, if, if it kind of stays status quo ish yeah. uh, in Arizona. So um, my list is all jumbled because I've been switching guys around, but I think we got one more. So who you got? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my last one is one that is a little bit of a contradiction, but it makes sense if you think about it a certain way, I guess is how okay. I would say it. Uh, Evan Ingram, he's down in Jacksonville. He's with. <laughs> He's with Trevor Lawrence, and he's going into an offense that loves to throw to the tight end. We've seen it with Doug Peterson over and over and over and over with multiple different quarterbacks, 
multiple different offensive scheme changes where they still are predicated on the middle of the field. Okay. Say what you want, say that they're going to go target heavy to LaVisca Chenault. Now say that they're going to be sprinkling in Travis Etienne. All of that's true. All I know is that if there's two main pieces based off of their acquisition price that I would have bought into immediately after this trade, it was Trevor Lawrence, which it did once and Evan Ingram because Lawrence loves the dump offs. Like I said, specifically over the middle of the field, he had a ton of chemistry with Dan Arnold prior to when he got injured. That was one of my suggestions. As soon as he switched over to the team, uh, he likes the tight end. He likes the security of throwing inside because plot twist, Trevor Lawrence isn't as accurate as everyone thought he was. And that was shown last year. Um, he just likes security and it got to the point where he was getting hitting hit so much on such a regular basis that he was just trying to get the ball out as quick as possible. They've made changes to the offensive line, but they haven't been good changes or exceptional changes in my opinion with who they could have targeted. So looking at the Jags right now, the situation, it's going to be more expensive to acquire guys like LaVisca, like Etienne, hell, even Marvin Jones is still technically the wide receiver one on the actual offense outside of Christian Kirk. Um, I just think Evan Ingram is still probably going to look at a 50 reception season, but it's probably going to be a lot more efficient 50 receptions than what you were seeing with Daniel Jones. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think there's there's uh, still hope with that. Uh, after all these years of just watching him fail in New York, yeah. the change of scenery should be interesting one. And yeah, that was a that was a that wasn't one that I necessarily expected because I was like, don't they have other like mm-hmm. other things they would want to address? But uh, bringing him in, I think that's going to be interesting for sure. And then obviously, athletic freak. So we're hoping he can pop in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm going to go with a tight end as well uh, here. There's a lot, honestly. I think the tight end position, like it was funny. I was talking to somebody yesterday and I looked at their roster. It was a dynasty team. Like, man, you hit like on all these guys, like, <laughs> you know, as far as like just kind of locking into it. Like, I think he had like uh, Albert O on his team and Hayden Hurst and, uh, and I think he had Evan Ingram. But uh, one of the other guys, this was an early one because he was a tag. Um, but your boy, Dalton Schultz, I, this was somebody that I was like, man, if they, maybe they get rid of him. Um, you know, he was obviously heading into a free agent year. They tag him and then they trade Amari Cooper, you know, and so bringing back Michael Gallup with currently one leg. Um, and what we saw from Schultz last year, a ton of targets heavily involved in the offense. And now there should be more to go around. Um, is he going to replicate the, you know, the season of last year? I, I would have told you, hell no, the minute we ended weeks 18 or whatever it is now. Um, but now I, I think this is a situation where, he was probably the most consistent player in that offense um, last season. And I think that could happen again. So uh, as a Homer Cowboys pick, I had to throw a Cowboy in here because I'm not sure too many Cowboys uh, players value went up this off season, but if one did for fantasy purposes, it's Dalton Schultz. Uh, he's a top 10 guy. Uh, I mentioned last week, he's entered that, 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 uh, that post top five tier for me um, with Hawkinson. Uh, and I'm, you know, if, if the uh, if the values there on draft day, I'm going to take a shot on this guy, and I think he can have a really good 2022, and we'll see if he gets the long-term contract. So I know he's your boy, so uh, I, 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 uh, I made sure to get him in here. <laughs> yeah, man, he is. We, we chatted about this before a couple of times. I mean, I was never on the Jarwin train at all. You could tell immediately as soon as they drafted Dalton Schultz and he got in the offense even a little bit with Dak Prescott, they had immediate chemistry. And yes, he's not as physically gifted as some other tight ends, but he's in the same mold as guys like Zach Ertz, guys like Jason Witten, where former cowboy they're always in the right spot they have a grittiness to them and they don't go down on first contact which is exactly what you want from your tight ends Mm -hmm. and he's their safety blanket it's the same thing for whatever reason Dak still trusts Gallup the most in the offense but if there's a second guy that he trusts right after Gallup whenever both are on the field it's going to be Dalton Schultz Mm -hmm. Uh, you take away over 100 targets with Amari Cooper and what are you left more to be spread around. Uh, I actually really, really, really love James Washington in Dallas for you guys. Um, I was just pleading for the bears to sign anyone. (laughs) Uh, And that's really who I wanted as like a low budget wide receiver three on the offense, just because you saw so many pop plays on a regular basis from James Washington in his time in Pittsburgh. It's just, he had old man, Ben checking the ball up in no man's land, basically to him half the time. And so 
I'm excited to see your guys' offense. It's going to look a lot different, I think, than it did last year just because people don't realize how freaking good Amari Cooper is. And it's Amari Cooper is the Kirk Cousins of wide receivers. And it's, like, <laughs> it's infuriating to me where I'm just like, you guys just hate consistent production is what you yeah. hate because, like, he's not the same that he was in Oakland. It was mm-hmm. very consistent. You got a minimum floor of, like, 12 every week. And then plot supposed you got a 40-point game every three weeks. If yeah. that's what you call boom bust, then sign me up. It, but, yeah. Yeah. I, the Cooper, yeah, the Cooper thing still, I mean, I get it, I guess. But, like, when you look at he was making 20 mil this year, and you look what Mike Williams signed for, what Christian Kirk signed for, I'm like, yeah. okay, <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, yeah. But, uh, anyway, so, uh, and I'm, I'm glad that Cooper's got a, a quarterback again because I was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. he's going to suck in Cleveland. Everyone's going to be like, told you, he sucks. And then, yeah. you know, I'm like, no, he's really damn good. And, you know, we should I, I would prefer they held on to him, but uh, – they use the money on Schultz and Gallup and, you know, and that's fine. You know, I think for fantasy, again, we, we, we're looking at a really good um, tight end there in Dalton Schultz. So, all right, five down. Um, I only have one tight end on my list here. So we'll see how many tight end talk, how much tight end talk we get here. Uh, but uh, who are, who are five players that are trending down? Let's uh, kick you for the first one. Yeah. Uh, the biggest one for me, without a doubt, I will have this debate with anyone that wants to it's Tyler Lockett and it's not even close for me. Uh, people forget the freakish mind meld that Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett had to where play. Like we've seen multiple plays where it looks like it's a throwaway. The one that's burned into my soul is the one in the back of the end zone, left corner from 30 yards. He's rolling out blatantly throwing the ball out. Tyler Lockett's like, I know he's going to throw the ball out here. He floats into the zone and is dragging his feet for like four yards so that he catches it right as he drags out of bound. It was the most insane stuff. And you just saw it time and time again of him breaking coverage, just weaving his way in and out and getting open for Russ. You're not seeing that with Drew Locke. If Jerry Judy, the guy who's constantly open immediately from the time that the ball snapped is not getting the ball because Drew Locke doesn't like throwing over the middle of the field. Tyler Lockett is also not getting that ball. Um, DK Metcalf, I really don't think is as hurt as much as people are saying he is just because Drew Locke likes to sling the ball and Cortland Sutton did fine with Drew Locke. What does concern me is Tyler Lockett exceedingly. Um, I was banking on him going literally anywhere else and getting traded based off of what we saw with this. But for some reason, old man Pete is trying to burn the whole ship on his way out. Uh, cause I don't think it's going to be pretty if they try and keep some of these other contracts on their team, like a Tyler Lockett, uh, if they cut Wagner, there's no reason they shouldn't have tried to trade a guy like Lockett. So I'm very concerned. I want absolutely nothing to do with him. Luckily I don't own him anywhere because when I did want to acquire him, uh, it was in leagues that I am also with K-State alumni. in. so not a lot I can do there. <laughs> Lucked out, I guess. Per, yeah. sa- per, uh, save from your, yourself on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had Lockett on my list as well. I, I think he's, it just sucks because this is a guy that's been underappreciated. Um, I, I double checked his stats because I, I there were a, like I think it, it had to be there's like one of the first years I was doing a show, and I was like everyone was hyping Tyler Lockett, and I was like you know I don't know like he had like a year where he had like a really good touchdown number, but his yardage like his catches were like nothing, and I was like man I don't know, and then pretty much since I did that, the dudes had um, had eight or more he had eight or more touchdowns the last four seasons eight. It was like 8, 10, 8, 10 or something like that. Um, he had uh, three straight seasons of over 1,000 yards. The season before that was like 960. Um, and, but now he has no quarterback. And who is he going to get? I mean, I can safely say, even if you're listening to this on a month from now, his quarterback situation has been downgraded. Uh, so uh, I would love to see him move somewhere else. I mean, I'm hoping, you know, I think honestly, like I'm looking around and there's a lot of teams that have holes at receiver. So either this rookie class is, is going to be given great opportunities right away, or hopefully some of these veteran guys will, will, will move and Lockie would be awesome to see on a different squad. But yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll just see. after today's trade, like you're telling me Kansas city won't give up a third. Right. If, if, I mean, not even a third, they won't give up the sixth. The, the sixth. If Robert <laughs> Woods is going to go for a sixth, why is Tyler Lockett not going for a sixth? Like, yeah, that type of thing. Like it, there's a lot of the bear. Uh, don't even get me started, dude. There's just so, uh, I, I purposely kept all bears off this list because everything on the bears team could be right now, but it's fine. Uh, well, I'll just get it out of the way. Then uh, I put fields on this list. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, I, I go for it. <laughs> I, I literally, I just put this. Is, this is what I wrote. 
WTF are they giving this kid? Like, what is happening? Like, this team spent has done nothing to help uh, Justin Fields. And from a fantasy perspective, <clears throat> you got to hope that, you know, the rushing will be there. But what weapons is he – how can you even evaluate this guy with just Darnell Mooney and, and Komet? That's it. And everyone's gone. Like, the, like who are you going to sign at this point? Because Jarvis Landry ain't going to go there, right? You're not going to, like, trade for, like, an old guy. Like, you've obviously thrown in the towel. You know, you need to rebuild. They have plenty of cap space, but they just didn't spend any of it. They have no first-round pick because they traded it last year for fields. So it's just like you had to make some you had to make some moves in free agency. Now they have picks, what, 39 and 48 now. So mm-hmm. maybe there's a guy in the early second there you could add to this roster, but they're not just one playmaker away. Um, you know, so it just, it sucks because he really feels just like he's not going to get the pieces around him where you're always kind of just be like, man, well, what if, you know? Um, so I'm hoping that's not the case, but like right now, I mean, just not enough, not enough to help this kid out. You need to, you need to put some pieces around a young quarterback and they're not doing it. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I, trust me, man. Like I was just sitting here screaming into the ether all off season. Like it's just the, as much as people want to talk about the line, I don't care about the tackle play. I cared about the guard play. James Daniels leaving the team and us signing Lucas Patrick as a cheaper replacement. Best thing that could have happened because James Daniel was a freaking liability in pass protection constantly. He was in top 10 in pressure rate and top 10 in sacks allowed last year. He was the reason that, Fields was getting killed on the inside repeatedly and repeatedly specifically Aaron Donald just messed him up this last year. But when I'm looking at the team, the wide receiver, like I said, like we didn't even sign a guy like James Washington. And it's like, I understand Ryan Pohl's opinion that like he wants to sit there and he wants to get the budget free agents, then go and do that because no one's left. They're non rosterable guys that didn't see the field. That's who's left. Like Will Fuller, and Jarvis Landry are two options. Will Fuller's the only one that might, and that's just because Justin Fields slings the ball deep. So now at this point, you're predicating it's all draft. Cool, that's fine. Low-key, I love Byron Pringle, both as a K-State alum and the whole like KC connection with me. Mm-hmm. I think he is going to be good, but he's a three. Uh, at best, a two if he gets fed. Uh, I love Darnell Mooney, just like uh, my boy David Donaldson in the chat said. Yeah, so um, yeah. It's it's rough, man. It's it's so bad. Uh, I I didn't want to talk about Fields. That's why I didn't put him on there. It, it's just a open. It's an open gaping wound for me right now. Oh, we freaking signed a a guard right now as a, what I assume is a backup. And I posted in the DWZ Patreon chat that uh, he once sacked his own quarterback. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a play in 2020 when uh, the last time he was a full-time starter was in 2020. He started 16 games. He was accounted for the second most at the guard position in pressure rate, sacks allowed, and penalties earned at the guard position. And he sacked Kirk Cousins, his own quarterback that year. And I'm just sitting here like, what is happening? <laughs> it is so infuriating. But yeah, no, David, I uh, wanted you to pick on me, but it's fine. I pick on myself enough when it comes to this kind of stuff. So it's totally okay. <laughs> yeah, Mike in the chat here, he said, uh, he mentioned Lockett's cap hit is nasty. This is quick because I'm not like trying to do this, but dead cap's 31 million. Uh, he's got like a bunch of years left uh, on his contract. So like, Maybe that's why he can't get moved, but I mean, it's, I don't know, man. It's just, it's really, it's tough to see Lockett end like this, you know, but um, let's hope that maybe the Bears put me wrong. I don't know. Maybe there's a diamond in the rough, but I, I looked, I like scanned through the free agency list. I'm like, this is it. This is all that's left. Like, what are you guys doing? You know, and when you look at, you know, there's other situations that are also unaddressed. I'm like, but those teams have some first round picks. So that was like, you know, the Bears situation is like, you guys don't have that. You know, you're not the Green Bay. Like, okay, we got a couple. Or Kansas City, now we got a couple. Like, you don't have one. So that early yeah. second better really pop, you know. So, exactly. Uh, all right, man. Uh, so we'll keep it rolling. Who's your other guy? Uh, my second one, another tight end. Uh, a lot of risers and movers like we talked about. Mike Gusecki. 
is my second biggest loser of this offseason. And that was based solely off of this trade that happened today with Tyreek going there. Uh, you thought the target share would still be there. You thought they might kind of roll in with what you were going to expect with this offense to be with basically what they had. Maybe they would add a rotational wide receiver in the draft or pick up another lower ranking free agent. No, they traded for the best deep threat and skill position player, basically someone that we're hoping that Jalen Waddle will become. You're bringing in a guy like Mike McDaniels, whose offense has never been one that passes the ball heavy. It's a run-first offense. He brought in Chase Edmonds, who's getting the dump downs in the passing game, and Raheem Mostert, who he loved more than anyone with his time in San Francisco. And then you now have to split roughly 600 at a max probably targets between Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, Tyreek Hill, Mike Gusecki, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and all the other B and C-ranked stars that are on the team. That's horrible. Like that, you don't want any part of that if you are a Mike Gusecki owner and hopefully you sold beforehand. Uh, sign the franchise tag. Guys, Mike McDaniel's tight end. I think it's going to be ugly and I think it's going to be really bad. Um, I wasn't high on him and uh, it was actually earlier on in the offseason. I think it was with Memphis on one of the episodes where I was talking about how I didn't like him at all going into the season. He was my biggest sell. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we were we had some differing opinions on the on the winners, um, but uh, mm-hmm. another guy I just think on my list too. 111 targets yeah. last year, fourth among tight ends. That that number looks great. 18 percent target share in Miami last year. That ain't happening. Um, yep. You know, if you were banking on like, oh, we only had the two touchdowns, maybe that come. No, it's done. It's over. Um, sorry. Like he, if you want to, he's definitely fallen off in a big way. And I think there's guys that have some more interesting upside, like Njoku, right? That have you know, I'd rather take the shot on him because he's going to be cheaper. Like in redraft, he's going to be, you can get in Joku for free. I still think, um, or super, super late versus Gasicki. Everyone's going to remember like, Oh, he was pretty good last year. Well, you know, yeah. At the end of the year, his stats numbered up, you know, just fine. But he's definitely had those moments last year where he freaking disappeared. And mm-hmm. um, now he's has, you know, one of the premier weapons added to his roster for competition. So in year two of Waddle. So I just don't see Gasicki getting near, the production that he had last year. So he's going to need a ton of touchdowns and I don't see that happening either. So yeah. I'm with you on, on Gesicki. Um We'll go another guy that I had um, as a value down. I had Hunter Renfro. Uh, I, I think the targets should be okay. It, it was crazy. He had, a, I say he had 103 receptions. He only had 128 targets. Like I was like, does this, did the ball ever hit the ground when he threw the ball at Hunter Renfro? Um, that was 20% target share last season, just over a thousand yards, nine touchdowns. Um, now I, that's the big number I'm worried about. Like I, there's yeah. no way Devonte comes in and, and, and allows Hunter Renfro to take almost a third of the touchdowns. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I still think Renfro, like when you look at his target numbers, like hundred, 130 targets, I, I still think that he can be around there, um, you know, and have a, a crazy catch rate, you know, like that is is awesome. You know, obviously he's a slot guy, short area targets, like, um, but the touchdown numbers are not going to be there. So him being tight or sorry, not tight end, stuck on the tight ends wide receiver 10 in PPR last year is just not going to get close. Um, you can use him as a wide receiver three more than likely because against this offense should be throwing the ball quite a bit. Car threw the ball a lot last year um, over 630 times, I believe uh, if my memory serves me right. So Renfro can still be that PPR guy. But if you think that, you know, oh, like he's worked his way into some red zone looks, I just don't see that happening with Adams coming in. And Waller, I think, is going to come back to his average numbers on on touchdowns. I think Waller had two last year. Um, So it missed some time. But, like, yeah, I think uh, Renfro's fantasy value is is taking a hit here um, quite a bit. So no no thank you for Hunter Renfro except for, you know, later round PPR guy for Mm -hmm. me. So. Yep, 100% there. I think it, it helps Carr more than anything, bringing in the targets, but obviously it's the same thing with Miami. It's going to hurt everyone else around in the passing game. Mm-hmm. All right, so we gotta, um, we'll got to we keep rolling here. Who's your third guy? Uh, my third guy is a quarterback that I'm not super high on, but if people are concerned about the lack of help that the Bears are giving a guy like Justin Fields, you should be, I call him the Bears quarterback light version, uh, Mac Jones in the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were concerned last offseason about the receiving options that we were going to be dealing with, with whoever quarterback they drafted in the draft. They brought in Mac Jones. He was okay. Um, Okay, ended up being the best 
we were going to get from any of the rookie quarterbacks last year. Um, that should be concerning to anyone who's a Patriots fan. Um, it was brought up earlier in the chat. I think Mike had put it up again as well. He's always a, a killer out here on yeah. our chats. Uh, everything. We love Mike. Uh, but he brought it up. Morgan, uh, not Morgan Moses, uh, Shaq Mason was the guard for the Patriots that got traded to the Buccaneers. So I was wrong. They're still missing one guard, not two guards. Um, but he's a really good run blocker. They now have a worse offensive line. They did just bring back Trent Brown to be their tackle again, but they're in the classic new England shuffle on the offensive line. You still have Jacoby Myers as the projected wide receiver one, unless they draft one. And if there's one team in the NFL, I do not trust to draft a wide receiver. It's the new England Patriots. So, the same capacity for the bears. All the big name free agents are out right now. Who are you going to sign? Who are you going to help your offense with? Realistically, you're looking at the exact same offense as last year with the Patriots. And that should be concerning to anyone who's wanting them to be offensively productive or for Mac Jones to have a higher ceiling than what we saw last year. Yeah. I was hoping to, to see them add, add some actual receivers there. We saw last year with the uh, Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar and, uh, wasn't there some weird report like before free agency that they wanted Robbie Anderson, who wasn't is not even a free agent? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a chat. There, there was a chat. There was a chat of them trying to trade for Robbie Anderson after he re-upped his contract in Carolina. I just like it's just some like you know they got the ring, so I guess like I don't know, but like man, sometimes yeah. I'm like uh, I don't know if they just if they hired one guy that is all his job was is just to like evaluate and bring and set the wide receiver room up for them. That would really help them out. Like they need that autopilot <laughs> for receivers yeah. because it's been a rough sledding. And yeah, that's st- it stinks for Mac Jones because he's definitely not been given many uh, of you know th- those outside weapons to utilize. They brought in, they paid, you know, they signed every tight end on the market last year uh, and didn't do a ton at the receiver position. And here we are again. Um, mm-hmm. having to rely on, you know, maybe an incoming rookie class uh, for this team. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a little bit disappointing to see them not be in the play in play for a lot of those guys. Uh, I'm going to stick yeah. with a QB. I'm going to go with – and this guy was already down for me anyway, so I think it's pretty obvious. But, like, I, I don't really care what they do at this point. Um, it, Aaron Rodgers losing Devontae Adams is, like, should be given uh, as much weight as any move. Um, this offseason like the chemistry there was obviously insane Adams's ability mm-hmm. uh, in the red zone is on you're not going to find that in the draft even with two picks you're not going to find that in free agency right now and they and they and Dallas already mentioned earlier like as far as like who's left there's no there's no second guy sitting there like okay I can I can handle this right like it's not like you know Mooney at least you know in Chicago like when they knew A-Rob was gone like they they have a guy that can step up and see and see targets and produce there's nobody right now in Green Bay. Even MVS isn't even there, right? So, like, uh, I'm not quite sure what their plan is because if they knew they were moving on from him, which apparently they did, why didn't you try to get that crap done before where you could have been a player in free agency? Now, you know, yeah. maybe you get Landry, but, like, you're not you're not going to find anybody in free agency or at this point in the draft that's going to help Rodgers out. And the thing with Rodgers is his past attempts have been 530 the last two years. And his touchdown numbers were crazy. Like two years ago, were insane. Came down, we're still insane. Thirty-seven touchdowns on less than just 530 attempts is nuts. That's not going to happen again. He's going to live in that under 30 touchdown range now. They're going to lean on the running backs. I like Flaus to take on AJ Dillon. So I mean, Rodgers should, in my opinion, should just not be drafted in one in in redraft leagues. Like stay the hell away from him right now. He's going to because the price tag will be too freaking high. Like you can draft him. Obviously, like that's you know tongue cheek, but like not in the top twelve. No thanks. Like you don't need to spend that. You, I would rather take a shot on Hertz. You know, just like he could rush his way to fantasy glory versus uh-huh. Rogers. The bottom is falling out on this guy. Yeah. Um, so I, I think if you're under, if you're uh, if you're looking at what how this impacts his val- his value, you should multiply that by two. Like I just don't see this working out. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I will put Aaron Rodgers on there as he was already low for me heading into the season was uh, just about 10th in my rankings. Um, and that was before Adams left. So no, thanks. Uh, any thoughts on old man Rogers? Yeah. Uh, more about green Bay in general. Uh, yeah. I just have that funny feeling that I'm going to be infuriated on draft night when Chris Olave goes to the green Bay Packers. And I one 
one of my favorite collegiate players from my favorite college goes to a team I hate. <laughs> Two, his draft stock is going to rise just due to landing spot by all the posers out there who aren't paying attention to Olave's skill in general. Three, I'm a massive Bears fan. We didn't get him, and I have to watch him destroy us on a weekly basis. That's realistically what I think is going to happen, and it's really going to frustrate me. Um, but yes, it, it's going to be very hard to get the last two seasons out of your mind with a guy like Rodgers. He's back-to-back MVP. It's the first time it's happened in the last basically decade. Um, it's going to be hard to do, but if there's not massive overhaul to the fact where they get like two wide receivers in the first round with their two first now. Um, I think it's something that you do have to consider dropping him outside of your top 12. So yeah, right there with you. Yeah. It's uh dude, the freaking Twitter is going to explode when, or if I guess Kansas city and or green Bay pick a receiver yeah. round one, like the whole place is going to just, it's going to melt down. Yeah. And like you said, like people are just going to be that those guys are going to be extremely over, like propped up. It's going to be insane. Um, so I don't know, I guess wait for that to happen and then just flip the rookie picks of somebody trying like when it's on the clock and somebody wants to get those guys, that's what I would do. But <laughs> to me, um, flip them to me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I think we got a couple more here. So who you got? Yeah. Um, my second to last one is my last tight end of the night. I will keep it short and sweet. Uh, it's CJ Uzoma. I was actually really excited when he moved to the jets originally, just based off of the fact that they did like to target the debt, uh, the tight end quite a bit. Zach Wilson had a tendency to stay in the middle of the field as most young rookie quarterbacks do. Um, but the more I got to thinking about it, the more I actually hated the move in general. And that was even before the Tyler Conklin signing. Uh, so now he's competing most likely in a 50, 50 share in a similar vein to what we are extremely frustrated with Irv Smith over the last four years. You then are leaving the sanctity and the safety of the quarterback and Joe Burrow and trading in for Zach Wilson, which is not even remotely a linear move. And you're going into at least a less efficient offense with running backs that like to catch the ball, multiple short area receiving options on the jets as well. And so it's, it's a little bit concerning for me for a guy that was a bargain bottom, the bin tight end star in multiple weeks last year to where you could consistently play him and feel pretty good about it. Um, He didn't end up finishing the season as like some kind of world beater, but let me double check just so I can make sure I have that right. Yeah, he in standard scoring, he finished as tight end 16. So he's a guy who you constantly could put in in good matchups and stream at the position. Um, anyone who listened to the show, there was a couple of good weeks with me with him. But he he's a guy I was optimistic about until I started to look into the situation. I hate it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was kind of hoping they just roll it back in, uh, in, in Cincy. I, th- I don't know if it was because of when it dropped or whatever, but like Hayden Hurst going there, I was kind of like, oh, right. I think this is at least interesting. Like it, mm-hmm. that was a name that everyone just, for, you know, has forgotten about. Um, and now with Uzama moving on, like I was hoping he would just stay in Cincy. But um, the uh, I got a couple guys here. My my five originals uh, we ran through because there's some overlap there. Um, but I had, oh, where the hell did it go? Sorry. Um Man, uh, I was going to go with Robert Woods um, as one. I liked the move for the Titans, um, and he should be uh, – he should he should see – I mean, Julio Jones on enough work there as far as target share. But um, I think moving from L.A. to Tennessee is a situation where he got what, – Woods got moved, so it's changed the scenery. So I think that's going to kind of – you know, it's oh, it's fresh, it's new. But I think, you know, the situation – uh, as him being the two in the Rams, it's it's not the same as him being the two in Tennessee. So as mu- as much as I said, Tannehill was kind of a, a, a under the radar winner. Um, I, I think Woods is somebody that won't replicate what where I had him last year, which was like top fifteen guy, um, and he's just not going to be that in Tennessee. So good for Tannehill, but not good enough for Woods' value. So he's a follower for me. Um, any thoughts on Woods? Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty fair. He's a he's a firm hold for me. He's the classic player where he's too old and he's coming off an injured season to where if you try and move him, you're not going to get any value. He's going to be way more valuable on your team than if you try to move him. So you're kind of stuck with him. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the back, the back end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three is realistically like the safe zone, but I still wouldn't be shocked just because of how productive he is and with how efficient Ryan Tannehill can be. Uh, we're forgetting the fact that Ryan Tannehill was playing the last season without AJ Brown and without Julio Jones for a majority of the season. There was only two games of overlap where they were both healthy. So it's just one of those things where you need to actually like look at the situation. He could fit a need pretty well. Um, but yeah, I'm not as high on him as I was last year. And last one, uh, who's the uh, the last guy whose fantasy value is taking a hit? Yeah, he's a hesitancy guy. Um, yeah. I love this guy, and I'm just gonna basically run through a couple of Mike Kenny's questions in the chat because he yeah. Uh, yeah, tied he's... in a bunch of jet stuff, which fills in with my last guy. Uh, yeah. My last hesitancy or my faller, I'm concerned about Elijah Moore right now. And it's due to the same reasons that I've basically been talking about with the upside in a guy like Michael Carter due to the targets, as well as the re-signing of Braxton Berrios, a guy that they easily should have let go of and not have even remotely re-signed. They re-signed him to a pretty good contract. They let go of Jamison Crowder, but Jamison Crowder had already left basically the team entirely mid-season when Barrios took over that true slot role. Um, And that is actually who Mike Kinney, you are thinking of, who went to the Bills. It was Jamison Crowder on the one-year contract, not Landry. Um, But then you bring in a guy like CJ Uzoma. You bring in a capable blocker and pass catcher in Tyler Conklin. And then you still have Zach Wilson as the quarterback and – he's now not playing in the slot where he thrives. That's where we all wanted and needed Elijah Moore to be playing in was in the slot role. That's why when Jamison Crowder went down early last off season, we were like, okay, to the moon with Elijah Moore, they still tried to force him outside and he was semi-productive. But if you look at all of his splash plays and his explosive run after the catch last season, it was in the slot and that's where he's going to thrive. But re-signing Barrios is pretty much just axing the concept of, giving him any more than 50% of the slot share, which is a detriment to his true talents. So I'm concerned. Uh, He's probably going to be more expensive than where I want to buy him right now, but I have a lot of him just because I was extremely high on him last off season. Yeah, I think the, and I've where they're picking too, like, and again, this isn't necessarily always fantasy related, but like, you know, I'd poke around mock drafts, seeing where you think these guys could be valued at what teams might do. And, I've seen a lot of mock drafts that that uh, put a wide receiver to the Jets. Um, so it's just like if they had another body there, like the Barrios thing, I was like, oh crap! Like I kind of yeah. just assumed that they were like going to let Crowder and Barrios walk and just be done with it. And okay, if you want to add an outside guy, go yeah. for it. But it really, I, I think you're right. And them being tied to Tyreek, like that shouldn't be forgotten. You know, like they're they obviously are trying to add this position. <laughs> So that's a little scary. I'm I'm with you. I have a yeah. lot of Elijah Moore, and I'm like, I I'm at this point, I'm hoping he survives the draft. You know, like yeah. if they spend yeah. a first round pick on a receiver, I'm gonna be like, shoot. You know, yeah. Like, that, yeah. The common name and the one that makes the most sense, especially because they're looking for a downfield target, is a guy like either Drake London or a guy like Christian Watson. Christian Watson, I'm not concerned about at all if he comes in because I think he's just a worse Denzel Mims, honestly. Um, I mean, realistically, like prove me wrong. Uh, anyone who wants to have that battle with me in Twitter and a DM, feel free to enter them. Uh, but for me, if they bring in Drake London, that is the worst possible thing that you can do for any of the current pass catchers on there, because he's going to command targets just due to the fact of how physical and how big and daunting and good he is run after the catch. Plus you can play him in the slot, which is insane for a guy that's six, three, not six, five. That's my pet peeve. I'm tired of people saying that Drake London six, five, um, but yeah, uh, watch out for it. Cause like you said, I didn't even bring that up. I wasn't even thinking about that in my argument with Elijah Moore, but yeah, the fact that they were all in had a better offer in most circumstances based off of people who are analyzing it than what Miami had. Uh, you should be very concerned for your pass catchers on the New York jets. Cause they're going to be bringing in someone. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be one to watch. And, uh, there's definitely, as we, uh, as the free agency is kind of winding down, <laughs> just, there are a few names out there still for sure that are going to impact uh, landing spots for these rookies, um, we'll get a better glimpse of like where we would prefer these guys to go. But there's always the situation where somebody lands somewhere where you're like, oh, damn it. I was hoping that he would go to Green Bay, would draft a receiver, which has never happened. Um, you know, that type of thing. So we'll see. But um, I will, uh, instead of forcing another uh, another fade here at the end, we'll just wrap this thing up. I'll just say the Seahawks at the end. Boom, done. Five. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. <laughs> just everywhere. Even even freaking Chris Carson can't catch a break. They still bring in uh, uh, Penny playing, you know, his three games a year. So uh, yeah. it's just, man, it, how 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 bad was that? It's just like that, you know, the, the whole organization just gone, you know, like it's uh, interesting for sure. But anyway, uh, Dallas, thank you so much once again for joining me. It's been a minute. So I had to hit you up, get you back on here. Um, but uh, real quick, if the people haven't already been listening, uh, what's uh, what's on the books here for the Rookie Rundown? Yeah, uh, last two weeks of Rookie Rundown content. Um, the next episode is dropping on this Friday, but the last two weeks have been devoted to IDP. Um, the first episode was my top five at each of the big big generalized uh, groupings of IDP players for linebackers, D-line, and DBs. Um, my last week's episode that is dropping Friday is covering my positional fits post free agency. Cause a lot of the big name free agent defensive players have already landed. So I basically went through my top six fits for it's basically defensive linemen, cornerbacks and linebackers sprinkled through six teams that are extremely needy at the defense, uh, on their defenses with guys, realistically where you're going to see them going in the draft. So there's a lot of second, third and fourth round prospects that you may not be as familiar about um, that you should pay attention to the fits, the scheme wise that I like them in. And then if they do land where I think they're going to optimize. Um, so going forward though, I'm going to be looking specifically at my free post free agent fits for the rookie class, um, looking at the first couple rounds of the mainstay guys. And then I'll be dropping my one and only basically like, true mock i guess is how you would classify it as well as my final rookie rankings over the next four weeks and then it's draft time sweet i'm looking forward so. to it as somebody that i tell anybody of like they're like oh what's your, what's your take on this rookie class i'm like i don't know i just listen to everybody else and just yeah I like i just <laughs> combine their knowledge because they're better they're gonna be better at this than me anyway so you know obviously there's certain things that i, I kind of i have my tendencies right like I sure mm-hmm. as hell never drafted John Ross on any teams, you know, type of thing. Like, don't give me that little tiny dude who can run fast. Like, you know, that's about the extent of my rookie uh, knowledge. Other than that, I just kind of take a bunch of opinions that I uh, well, that I think are good and are going to lead me down the right path. Dallas is obviously one of those. So be sure you're subscribed to the Warzone Network feed. That way you get the rookie rundown. Be sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow Dallas at Salad Galore. You can follow me at KyleMonth8. Uh, But with that, I'll be back next week with another episode of the SmackDown. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll catch you guys later. See ya.